Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Chats with Children. I hope you're safe and well. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by James Lyons, who is the country manager for Farmalex Ireland. And we are going to be taking part in our Reflections and Forecast 2021-22 series, where I sit down with various industry experts and look back on the past 12 months and look ahead to what this year brings to us. So first of all, Jane, it's lovely to meet you. How are you? I'm great, Rizwan, and thank you so much for inviting me to chat to you today. It's great to meet you. Well, it's lovely to talk to you as well, Jane. So I've seen you lots on LinkedIn, you know, lots of activity on there. So, but before we start, for those people who are not familiar with Pharmalex, would you mind giving us a quick overview of Pharmalex and also Pharmalex Island, what you do? Sure, absolutely. So Pharmalex is a leading provider of service solutions for the life science sector across the world. We have a focus on all aspects of pharmaceutical, biotech, med device, product life cycles. Um, and with that, we have a team of global consultants who are really highly expertise, uh, high expertise, and they work with our clients to identify challenges, find solutions, bring product to market, all while um, being compliant with legislation, which is ever changing, as we know. It certainly is. Uh, and forgive me, but what does a country manager do then? So tell me, what does a country manager do? I work with an amazing team. <laughs> I'm so fortunate. So I work, I have a team of consultants, operational team, finance team, project management team, and they really make me look good. They, uh, we work with clients, introduce our services, look to see how we can help our clients, assist our clients. And basically I'm behind the team to enable them to deliver the services with, to the clients. All right. Well, now I know. There you go, viewers. So now you know what country manager does. Uh, so let's start with my very first question, a really simple one, which is, if you look back at 2021, how would you describe it in one word and why? Okay. Dichotomy. Oh, that's interesting. I haven't heard that one, actually. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> I tell you why. Because on one hand, the world seemed to come to a virtual standstill as a result of all the restrictions that were imposed by COVID. And then on the other hand, the life science sector just seemed to move forward at such a pace. First of all, manufacturing and delivering um, vaccines for the COVID. And then now they're developing a, pro a drug product to counter the effects of the virus. So really for me, it was kind of like a world of two halves. So dichotomy. Uh, well, you touched on the pandemic there. So we're into, well, we're now into year three, but last year was year mm -hmm. two of the pandemic. So how has it impacted you as a business in year yeah. two? So obviously a lot of companies in year one, they, they went remote, they started doing virtual stuff, yeah. all that thing. But obviously now that it's carried on into a second year, how did that impact business and yeah. how have you adapted to it? So you're right. At the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, um, it, it, we really felt it as a business and we had to learn to adapt our services really quickly because probably our clients needed us then more than ever. You know, there was so much uncertainty in the industry, particularly when they had major supplies with disruption, a disruption of their supply chain and things like that. To be honest, by 2021, we'd reached a real new norm with clients. They kind of had got used to the virtual consultancy. And I think actually probably enhanced the experience for some of our clients because we now offer a blend of on-site and remote consultancy. So really, we take a look at what's most appropriate for the client at any given time. So it's a lot more flexibility actually around the services that we provide now. 
Um, and also in 2021, a big thing for us was to take a look at technology-enabled services. How can we enhance the services we're currently offering? Sure. So we developed a platform called SmartFlex, which combines the technical expertise of our consultants with new technologies to really offer market-leading solutions to our clients. So it's been a real year of growth for Pharmalex, thank you, <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> particularly for Pharmalex Ireland, which is fantastic. But ultimately, I think it's really down to the team and the way that they could diversify so quickly and come up with ideas on how to deliver solutions to clients. Right, well, that actually leads on to my next question, which is looking back at the 12 months, and what are some of the key business achievements that stood out you know, from a Pharmalex perspective? I suppose for us from Farmlex growth, we had huge, significant growth in Farmlex. When we joined in 2017, there were 500 employees across the world. We've now got, got close to 2,000 with such a diverse uh, technical skill set. It's absolutely incredible. So it was a year of growth and acquisition for Pharmalex. Uh, and working, it was so exciting because we got to work with companies who were responding to the pandemic and helping them to bring their products to market. And ATMPs was a huge, huge area for us. The continued development of personalized products for patients, it's just absolutely incredible. And it's such an honor and so rewarding to actually work with clients who are working in this area. I think every day people come in and they go, you know, this is worthwhile, this is worth doing, which is fantastic for us as a company. Fantastic. Well, that leads on actually very nicely to my next question, which is, you know, obviously you look back on the last 12 months, what were some of the sort of key developments, stories or trends that stood out to you? I mean, particularly as you as an organization deal with such a varied range of customers out there within the life science and pharma yeah. sector. Now, what are the trends that you saw develop last year and what sort of stories stood out for you in 2021? Yeah, I think one of the big ones was the adoption of digital technologies in clinical trials, which is going to allow for the decentralization of readouts in clinical trials, which ultimately will allow companies to expedite their clinical trials across all regions. So I think that's going to be a real game changer for industry and the diversification of portfolios. We saw so many market mergers and acquisitions in 2021, where larger, more traditional pharma companies are looking to diversify their portfolios into rare diseases. So they've either acquired or partnering with biotech companies. So it's such an exciting industry to be in at the moment. Right. And, and again, looking back at last year, is there one thing or anything you think the industry could have done better in 2021? Not the industry, no, because I think the industry needs to actually be congratulated for the way it just pivoted and continued to deliver product to the marketplace. But I do think governments, yeah, I think it's extremely difficult still for people with rare diseases to get access to therapies. And if they can get access to the therapies, the cost can be extremely prohibitive. So there's a real opportunity for governments there to take a look and to see how they can authorise products and make them more accessible to patients across the world. I think that's very true. And as a layperson, I have to say, one of my biggest thoughts whenever I talk to anybody talking about ATMPs is that it's such an exciting area and everyone is quite rightly very excited about the potential around it. But I do wonder, is it just the very, very 1% of society will ever have access to that sort mm -hmm. of treatment or how widely will it be available? So I think that's a very fair point. So 2021, 21's gone we're into 2022 now so sure. again looking ahead now from an industry perspective mm -hmm. what do you see 
happening? What are some of your predictions, life science, pharma for 2022? So I would say the industry really needs to look at the resilience of their supply chains. If nothing else, the pandemic has taught us that. Um, there is talk about, you know, moving, manu moving manufacturing of starting materials closer to home, but that's going to cost so much money and it's also going to take years. So probably the smarter option is to really look at supply chains and look at risk implementing risk management plans that take a look at the potential issues, say, of losing a supplier or a region going into lockdown and not being able to supply product. And really looking to see how we can counter that. So, you know, alternative suppliers, maybe buffering infantry or agile manufacturing would be a big one as well. So taking a look at the supply chain for me is going to be a big area. And then again, with the personalized medicines, a lot of these therapies are so fragile and have such a short shelf life that the robustness and the speed of the supply chain is really going to be of paramount importance to the industry in 2022. Right. I mean, one thing actually talking to you, and it just struck me, is that obviously you are responsible for Pharmalex Island, and Ireland is very much or has become a hub uh, yeah. for the bio pharma sector in particular mm. uh, across Europe. Why has that been, though? How has Ireland managed to develop into such a hub within Europe? Gosh, I don't know if there's one simple answer. What I would say is a combination. We have an extremely good education system. And science is taught in all of the schools from a very young age. So we've got kind of that educated team, but also we have a semi-state body called IDA Ireland. And they have branches across the world looking for foreign direct investment to bring it into Ireland. We are a centre of excellence. We knew we had the people and now the government is encouraging these companies to come in and helping them set up their operations here in Ireland. And the people move around the industry so much. Irish people want to come home. They've been working in the US. They've been working across the globe and they're bringing all of that expertise back with them. So it's a really exciting place to work and a really great sector to work in in Ireland. Yeah, well, I was going to say, because, you know, every week you'll hear another company expanding mm -hmm. its operations in Ireland within the life science and pharma yeah. sector. So it is great. Yeah, and to be honest, the HPRA as well, they are so open to talking to our regulatory agency. They're so open to talking to companies coming in. They sit at the table. They want to get involved from the very beginning, which is quite unlike other agencies around the world. They want to hit them to succeed. So they're really invested and we're all really invested in making it work because we're such a small island. Um, so yeah, it's a combination of the three, I think is probably what's making it work. And you mentioned the word regulatory and that is so bizarre because my next question is actually, yeah. what do you see as new developments around regulations? I mean, do you see any sort of changes in regulations or what do you see the trends around regulations? Yeah, so I think it's going to be really interesting to see the outcome of the EC review of legislation in the union at the moment and the pharmaceutical strategy. Um, we did see how it's possible to expedite evaluation and authorization as a result of the pandemic. And I think that and the awareness of the importance of international regulatory convergence will really make for an exciting time in 2022 for the industry. And we're looking forward to see what the outcome is. Right. I mean, you mentioned the EC review. There. So for those people not familiar, though, what is the EC review? So they're reviewing legislation across the union to um, upgrade, update as they see fit and to make it more harmonised if it's at all possible. Right. OK. And obviously, being in the UK, how does the UK now being out of the EU impact those sort of regulatory changes? 
Gosh, <laughs> significantly. Well, not so much within the EU, but companies who traditionally would have had the UK as their country in the EU, you know, they might have had the qualified person there, the responsible person. They've all had to change their plans. And now the UK is such an important marketplace. It's not one that can be ignored, even though it's sitting outside the EU. So now you've got to have a responsible person or a responsible person for import based in the UK as well. So I think people have just got to learn to adapt. There are, will be changes, but the MHRA was so important in the EU and really helped to form the legislation within the union that I think it'll be a very healthy relationship that we have going for forward. And I certainly hope so. Well, it's in everyone's interest, isn't it? Um, I mean, one other thing that was struck me is that, obviously, we talked about some of the trends, but do you see any real opportunities out there for companies in 2022? I mean, if so, what areas do you think there are opportunities for companies to sort of develop and grow? I really think personalised medicines is the way to go for companies. Um, I've had personal experience of myself just this week um, with a pal who had cancer and it was stage four and it was terminal. And as a result of the personalised medicine that he's received, they operated on him and they've cleared cancer. Uh, he had been given a couple of years to live and now they're saying, go enjoy. So um, I, I do think personalised medicines are the way forward for the industry. All right. Well, thank you for that. Now, in terms of Pharmalex Island, what can we expect from Pharmalex Island in 2022? solutions of course um, so we've really spent a lot of time taking a look at how we can combine as I mentioned the technical expertise of our team with technology to help clients bring products to market faster um, growth we're still looking at diversification ourselves which is really important um, and investment in our team because it's fantastic to have all this technology, but without the people behind it, it means absolutely nothing. So major investment in the team, because honestly, they are our most precious asset. Well, it's interesting, and actually, again, listening to you, something struck me because I get this opportunity to talk to people like you who are sort of managing large teams and so on, mm -hmm. and I help develop the culture. So one question I will ask you about culture, because as I've got you here is, what do you think is most important in a company's culture to get the most out of the people within that organisation? Honestly, I think communication. To me, it's at the centre of everything and an open environment. You know, you can have hierarchical companies and that's fine. I don't think, no, if that works. To me, very flat management everybody bringing their ideas to the table and open communication. And I have a saying, go ugly early. If you have a problem, put your hand up because if I don't know, I can't deal. And I think that really sets the culture for the team and it helps them all to feel part of the solution that we're looking to offer our clients. Fantastic. Well, thank you for answering that because as I said, I, I was interviewing someone the other day and uh, they talked about how successful they've been. And I said, why? And he said, well, obviously it's because of the people. I said, why are the people mm -hmm. doing so well? And he said, actually, because of his, we, like you, you would say it's not one thing, but uh, empowerment was the word he used. But I mean, pretty much the same as what you yeah, just said. Exactly. Earlier, sorry, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fantastic. And finally, um, any last words for the viewers out there to leave them with for 2022 words of wisdom or any any sort of yeah. catchy Irish phrase you want to say? Yeah. Like you want to say? Ganairí on Boherlat, may the rise above you. <laughs> uh, but no, I would say another thing that we've taken from the pandemic is, for me, the fragility of life, and that nature really is the most powerful force. So sure. you know, we are in an industry where 
we're healing people, we're looking to develop therapies to cure diseases, to ease pain and patient angst. And really, I think to be congruent with that, it's inherent upon us to really put a special focus on sustainability to help reverse the impact of climate change at the moment. Brilliant, Jim. Well, thank you very much for that. And, and my final, final question, as I always do this, is if people want to know more about Farmalex Island and Farmalex in general, where can they get more information? So they can go to farmalex.com um, and they can find all the details because, as I said, we're across the globe. So whichever country they'd like to speak to, they can find details there. Or they can find me on LinkedIn, as you said, or any of our team members. And we'll always be delighted to meet people and chat with people. Well, Jane. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much for sharing your thoughts. Uh, there you go, viewers. If you'd like to know more about Farmalex, Farmalex Island and the different services they've got, then please check out the website. If you agree with what Jane said today or even disagree, feel free to put your comments below the video. I'm sure Jane will be delighted to see them. Or as Jane said, she's very active on LinkedIn. So you can message her directly on LinkedIn as well with your comments and views. But all this I want to say is, Jane, thank you very much. I wish you a fantastic 2022 and lots of success for you, your family and the business, of course. So you're lots, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Yeah, no, it's lovely to talk to you. And thank you, viewers, for watching. I hope you found that useful. And until next time, as always, stay well and stay safe. Bye-bye. And that, as they say, is a wrap.